Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with over a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Cheryl Wood, who is the CEO of Vocalize and founder of SpeakerCon. She has empowered over 72 thousand people to execute on their dreams and taught over 10,000 women how to run themselves into amazing speaks with her entrepreneur success strategies. Dr. Cheryl Wood, thank you so much for joining us on the Everyday PM podcast. For those who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself to our audience. Thanks for having me, Anne. I'm so excited to be here. So I always like to give a little side of the personal Dr. Cheryl and the professional side. So personally, I am a wife. My husband and I will be celebrating 21 years together in April. Congratulations. We like each other still. That's the beautiful part. Uh, (laughs) And we have three beautiful teenagers. Yes, teenagers. I have two sons and a daughter. So they are 14, 15, and 17. So pray for us uh, because sometimes things (laughs) are a little chaotic in our home life, but we're bearing, (laughs) we're, we're managing. And then professionally, I am an international empowerment speaker. I believe I was born to speak into the lives and the dreams of other people globally. And I've been blessed to do that for the past 12 years, uh, travel to all parts of the world, South Africa, India, Europe, just being able to speak life into people's dreams and to remind them that they were created for greatness. And it is time for them to come to the front of the room and to tap into their unique gifts. I'm a two-time TEDx speaker, a 17-time best-selling author, and an executive speaker development coach. And I love wow. what I do. Dr. Wood, I we've mo- probably known each other for a total of four minutes. <laughs> we met we met to to record this podcast. Obviously, we've been exchanging um, conversations offline, but I already feel just the vibrant energy that is resonating from the way you speak and just the way you're presenting yourself to the audience. And I, if you're, those of you who are actually watching the video version of this, I I encourage you if you're on the podcast version, the audio only, to watch the video version, because again, I already feel that energy coming from Dr. Wood. So I'm super excited to have you on. I'm so glad to have a a fellow woman entrepreneur who's somebody who's paving the way who can kind of teach fellow women how to present well, because I think in our workplace, especially as project managers, one of the things that we are often tasked with doing is speaking to different types of audiences, whether that's your executive leadership team or even just your project team on a day-to-day basis. But either way, there comes with our role this uh, this idea that we can present well. And presenting well is something that if you don't seek training or you don't practice, it's very hard to figure out on your own. So Dr. Sherwood, again, I'm so excited that you're here to talk to us about how to present yourself, how to make beautiful presentations. But why don't we kick off today's episode by starting with your own professional journey? I know you kind of tapped into it in your brief introduction there, but tell us about how, again, you're a mother, you're a businesswoman. How did you get to where you are today? I always say that effective communication and speaking found me. I didn't find it, but it found me because I was in motion and movement towards wanting to explore what else was possible for me. So I actually, by trade, for 15 years, worked in a corporate setting. I actually worked as an executive legal secretary for some really uh, high esteemed uh, law firms and rainmakers in those law firms. So I think, you know, when in hindsight, when I think back, I think the communication part was always there because whether I was communicating with someone who was the, in the C-suite, you know, the CFO, mm-hmm. the CFO, or whether I was 
tasked with being a liaison with the people who were support staff, communication was always involved. It had to be effective and I had to adjust based on who I was talking to in that, in that moment. So I feel like to a certain degree, that was a little bit of my gifting uh, is communication, but I didn't just want to, to take it as, oh, it's a gift and I don't have to be responsible for nurturing the skill of communication. Mm -hmm. So uh, about, let's say 2009, 2010, I decided that I really wanted to step outside of that position and into something that would position me more of a leadership role in my own company, in my own business. So I just got started. I had an opportunity to speak at a conference and that was September 18, 2010. And I was bitten by the bug. I said, oh my God, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I want to make people feel this way for the rest of my life because I could see the impact that my words, because words are so profound and the way you deliver them are equally as profound, but being able to see how those words and the way that I articulate them impacted the people who were in the audience made me want to feel that way for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. so that was kind of the beginning. And I just started putting myself in more opportunities where I would be able to share the gift of communication to help other people to become more effective leaders, to become peak performers on their jobs, to be able to soar and thrive in their businesses, because everything that we do is connected to, as you mentioned, the way that we present, it's what we say, it's even more how we say it because the words are only a small percentage. So it's really how you say it, the tonality. We've heard people say, it wasn't what you said, it was how you said it, mm -hmm. so that matters. And then also your body language. Uh, those, the body language and the tonality are the biggest parts of your communication. So I wanted to really be a master of that craft. So I started attending conferences and events and hiring coaches so that I wouldn't just be the person who said, oh, I'm just resting on the fact that I am a great communicator naturally or organically. No, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a masterful communicator by mastering the skill set of presentation skills. And it sounds like you you had this entirely different life of a professional journey that you're on and you had that aha moment. And the podcast is really all about making the connection between what we say are project management principles, but really they are career professional principles in general. I think a lot of people, project manager or not, can, can be attracted to the things that we talk about on this podcast. But the other piece of this is making that connection with your everyday life. So you are the great example of somebody who was doing something professionally, decided that, oh, I'm actually passionate about something that I could do in my everyday life. And you turn that into your thing, which is incredible. I love that journey. That's amazing because a lot of people get stuck in that monotony of your day-to-day -day job and don't realize that maybe that is kind of springing something of passion for you that you could then turn into what Dr. Wood has done, which is now this is your professional and everyday life career, which is amazing. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. And, and two things about that I'll, I'll throw in there is that number one, all of the skills that I developed through my career supported me in becoming who I was becoming. Mm -hmm. So nothing is, you know, there's nothing that's a part of your journey. That's not meant to be a part of your journey. There's something that you are learning where you are right now that is going to support the development that you're looking for, the growth that you're looking for. So those being in those positions where I had to be able to communicate with the CEO or turn around and communicate with the person in the copy room, Mm -hmm. Like that serves me well in how I communicate now with my team, no matter what level they're at, how I communicate with other business owners or people who, if I'm going to sign a contract, like 
all of those things that I learned, the organizational skills that I learned, all of those things were transferable into my business. So don't ever despise where you are right now. Even if you're looking for growth and elevation, look at what lessons do I need to learn where I am right now? Because you will never have an opportunity to come back and learn those lessons because you will likely never be in that exact same position. Again, you will continue to move, to grow and to elevate. So I think that's really, really important that we acknowledge the value of what we're learning in the space that we're currently in. Right, right. So today you find yourself in a crowded auditorium speaking at these huge conferences. You even started, I believe your own, right? Conference as well. But how do you prepare for this? This is a huge undertaking. And how do you keep your composure when you're in front of an audience of that size? Ironically, I don't get nervous anymore because I've been doing it for 12 years, but I do have a certain level of anxiety, if you will. But that anxiety is connected to wanting to always be the best um, when I'm presenting myself to every audience. Why? Because the audience deserves the best of me. Uh, So from that perspective, what I do is I plan, I prepare, and I practice well in advance of any uh, audience that I'm going to be in front of. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be an intimate audience of 10 or 20 people, or if it's going to be in a room with 2000 people or 20,000 people, it still requires some level of planning, planning to know this is how I want to deliver the message, planning to know that there are going to be people who are going to be different types of learners in that audience. So have I tapped into, in my presentation, something that's going to appeal to visual learners? Have I tapped into something that's going to appeal to people who are kinesthetic learners or auditory Mm -hmm. learners? What Mm -hmm. have I done that's going to make this really a a well-rounded presentation where regardless of what type of learner the person is, they're going to get something. And then I ask questions like in my planning and my preparation, um, am I speaking at the knowledge level of the people that I know I'm going to be in front of? And that requires asking the right questions before I'm in front of that group. So when I'm working with the meeting planner or the project manager or whoever's bringing me in, I'm asking questions about the demographic of those who are in that room. What's the knowledge level? Are they C-suite or are they new managers? Where are they? So that I can, I don't want to ever go into an audience and present uh, beginner level knowledge to people who are senior level. Right. But just the opposite. I don't want to present senior level knowledge to people who are at the beginning of that journey. So it requires some due diligence behind the scenes before you get in front of the audience. So asking the right questions, uh, inquiring from the person who's hiring you. And also the other thing I do in in my planning and prep is making sure that I'm asking the person who's bringing me in, um, are there any current wins that you all are celebrating in this group or as a part of this initiative or this event? Are there any big losses that have recently happened? So there was an organization, a corporate organization that brought me in and they had just experienced a reduction in force. So there were a lot of people who were released from that, from their jobs. Mm -hmm. Like that really can impact the morale of the people who are left. There there might've been people who they had to work with for years who are now trying to figure out, well, how am I going to restart my career? Or what am I going to do now? Because I didn't see this coming. That's important to know because that puts you in the mindset of the people who are going to be listening to your message. So you never want to just have a cookie cutter presentation where you're just saying the same exact thing to every audience. No, I need that audience to know I care enough about you that I plan based on the challenges, the struggles, or the triumphs and wins that you are currently experiencing. So when you go into the, the real thick of planning, preparing, and then practicing, that's when you deliver the best presentation to the people who are there to hear you. 
That was amazing. And I, you didn't use the word, but I hear it throughout what you're saying, which is this, you have to present this level of authenticity to your audience, which means they have to believe in you that you are being authentic with them before they even start to listen to what you're trying to say. And I love this idea that you're giving us of taking different perspectives, understanding the room or the audience before you even present. I think a lot of us as project managers, we rehearse, we rehearse, we plan. But to your point, we have a cookie cutter template of what we present over and over and over again. And so there's a lot of other influences that we have to keep reminding ourselves could be at play with the audience that we're presenting to. So this is all wonderful advice that you're giving us, Dr. Wood. And I know that you've come and put together a uh, top five elements of making an unforgettable speech. Are those parts, is this what you're talking through right now? Or can you share that with us? Yeah, I can give you the breakdown of those five. Number one is having a relevant and relatable topic that you're gonna be speaking about. So again, that goes to knowing who's in the room, what's the demographic, what are they expecting to receive when they come into this space? Have you really clarified that with the person who is bringing you in to present to this particular group? Number two, you wanna make sure that you have a compelling story that connects to whatever the topic is that you're speaking on. As humans, it doesn't matter if you're in the corporate space, if you're in private sector, if you're in federal government, it doesn't matter, nonprofit. All of us, we connect as humans through story. We share information and pass information down through storytelling. Stories allow people to connect and say, wow, now I get it. So I always share with clients that I serve that people remember and repeat stories, not bullet points. I've never spoken to an audience and had somebody run up to the back of the room after I spoke and said, oh my God, Dr. Cheryl, that bullet point number three you gave me was amazing. <laughs> but I have had people who have come up to me and heard the story that I share, whatever my signature story is that connects to the pain that that audience might be experiencing or what they desire. And they say, oh my God, I know there are 5,000 people in this room, but you were talking to me. You were talking directly to me because your story is my story. So make sure that you incorporate a compelling signature story with whatever it is that you're speaking on so that there's a human to human and heart to heart connection, not just a head to head connection. Number three, make sure that you're providing what I call the entree, which should be implementable strategies that will produce real results for the audience that you're presenting to. So you don't want to ever go in and just give a, as we call it in the speaker world, a fluffy presentation mm -hmm. uh, with a, a whole lot of stuff that people have no idea what step to take first or second or third. No, give me some real implementable strategies and things that I can do when I leave that presentation. So that also requires that you don't over give. Sometimes we try to give so much information that people become overwhelmed and when people are overwhelmed, they do nothing because they have no idea where to start. So be clear in what you deliver uh, in the context of whatever content you're presenting, but make sure there are implementable strategies connected to that. Number four is your engagement. And we've been talking a little bit about that. That includes everything from your vocal variety to the words that you choose, to your body language, your facial expressions. Do you take pauses and allow everything to sink in whatever you're sharing with them? Um, are you looking to the audience and providing a conversation versus a lecture? So as a presenter, you're never going in to, to lecture people about what they're doing wrong or how they should be doing it. No, you're not in a parental role. <laughs> you're in an inspirational role and an educational role. And you want to engage with them, which means if I'm thinking this is a conversation, I'm speaking to you and you're speaking back to me. 
So there are certain strategies you can implement as a part of increased audience engagement. You can ask questions. You can present something hypothetical and have people raise their hand if it's applicable to them. There are so many different strategies that you can apply as for a, a part of engagement. And then number five, last but not least, is uh, energetic and passionate delivery mm. of the topic that you're presenting. Energy is contagious. And if you are energized and excited about the topic you're presenting on, I promise you that is going to rub off on the people in the audience, even if they didn't really want to be there, like their (laughs) boss made them come or the company made them come. This was a mandatory presentation. But if you get up and you make it exciting and energizing and you come with a certain level of energy for it, then that's going to be contagious for everyone who's in that audience. I'm feeling it right now. Like this is the best conversation I've had my Friday morning. So um, I, it's absolutely there. And I, I totally hear you on that. And, and the rest of the uh, other elements as well absolutely makes sense. I think for project managers, you know, there's, there's a lot we have to consider. And I think all those tips will definitely help kind of make us better at, at presenting in those types of situations. Now, we also find ourselves in situations where we don't necessarily have all the time to plan or all the time to prepare and practice. So do you have any tips, Dr. Wood, on for urgent conversations, you know, where you may have to break some bad news to the executive team and those types of situations? How do you manage that? Yeah, if you don't have a lot of time, you know, I think mostly number one is think about how you would feel if you were in the person's shoes, right? So that you want that to kind of determine and dictate how you present the information to the receiving audience. So how would you feel if you were getting this news? How would you want it presented? Um, And then adjusting, if you need to, your own energy before you step into that space and into that room to share that news. That might simply mean taking a few deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, Mm -hmm. really centering yourself and putting yourself in a space of compassion, like as leaders, project managers, compassion is a critical leadership skill. So really putting yourself in the other person's shoes and then being an amazing listener, because sometimes it might be a situation and you're presenting news and there's no control you have over the news. You literally are just the messenger, if you Mm -hmm. will. Um, And so you want to pay attention to, yes, your vocal variety, how you're presenting it, how you're expressing the words, your body language. You want your body language to be open meaning I'm open to hearing your thoughts and how you feel about this. And I'm open to embracing that this might not be the best news or the news that you were expecting. Unfortunately, I can't, I don't have control over altering the outcome, but I am willing to hear you. So being a great listener in those spaces is equally as important as how you articulate whatever that news or that conversation is. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think just taking, getting some peace of mind before you even walk in the room, that's such a great, valuable piece of advice as well. And for those of us who are looking to practice, you know, we're starting out, we're looking to be better about presenting any advice on how we can practice this every day, or is there a class or something that you did that was particularly effective for you? Yeah. So, well, number one, I train people who are going oh, to be fantastic, of course. Right. So, <laughs> but I also received training. So I invested in training with some of the top communicators in the world so that I could get to a space where my communication was consistently improving. So I think number one, having an awareness of how you can improve in your presentation and your communication skills. So maybe you're someone who does not take the time 
to really sit in a quiet space and get centered before you break news to someone or before you're about to have a tough conversation. Maybe you're the person who just goes based on emotion. Oh, this is how I feel. And I'm going to let him or her know. I'm going to let them know right now. And you're yeah. just, and that never is productive. So we want to be productive in the conversations that we're having, even when they're challenging or difficult conversations. So number one, acknowledging where you need to make improvement. Maybe you're like, well, I go off the handle way too quickly, or I'm much too emotional when I'm having certain conversations, or I need to be a better listener and really put myself in the other person's shoes. Or if it's something that's a little more related to your delivery, then tapping into that. Okay. You know what? When I am delivering, I'm so nervous that my voice is shaking. So maybe you want to practice so certain vocal techniques before you present. Maybe you're on a stage or maybe you are the person who hides behind the podium if you're going to be presenting, which is one of the worst things that you can do because it cuts off the audience's access to your body language. Have you ever mm -hmm. noticed if you're listening to someone speak and you're there live, you're, you're looking them from head to toe the entire presentation. Sure. Now, 60 minutes later, you're still looking at them from head to toe because that's a part of the full communication engagement is your full body, your face, your hands, your arms, your everything about you and the way that it moves and flows. So if you know that that's something that you use as a mechanism of, of nervousness, hiding behind the podium, challenge yourself. My next presentation, I'm going to come from behind the podium. I'm going to really engage. I'm going to use my gestures. I'm going to pay attention to my facial expressions. For some of you, maybe it's your facial expressions don't really match <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> so look at yourself in the mirror when you're preparing and planning for a presentation and, or maybe record yourself and then go back and watch the recording before you actually do the live presentation so that you can make adjustments. I'll give myself as a quick example. When I sure. first started speaking, my nervousness didn't come out in like a shaky voice or anything like that. I always had the ability to kind of present as though I had it all under control, even when I didn't, <laughs> but I would video myself and I would go back and I would watch every video, whether I was on a television show or a radio show that was live or a podcast, whatever it might've been. And as I went back and looked at some of those videos, what I noticed was that I was blinking excessively. <laughs> so all you could see was these eyes. Just, and I'm like, why the heck am I blinking that many times? <laughs> and it was because that's how my nerves were showing up through the blinking of my eyes. But wow. I wouldn't know that unless I went back and watched the footage. So because I was able to see that firsthand from watching the footage, I was able to start really working on that and say, Cheryl, be more intentional with what you're doing with your eyes. Slow down a little bit. Um, things like eye contact. Some people, when they're nervous, they don't give people eye contact. So they're mm -hmm. looking down, they're looking away. And what you're doing is you're creating a greater gap and disconnect between the people, you and the people that you're presenting to. So again, just a kind of acknowledging where you feel like your, what are your strengths, but also what are your limitations and then working on them just one day at a time. Don't expect perfection. Don't expect it overnight, but through practice, we can experience progress. I mean, and Dr. Wood, you're again, giving us great advice, but also if people are just watching her as she's presenting on this episode of the Everyday PM, just watch her. I think this is such a good learning um, experience as well, just to watch how she's presenting right now. If for those of us who are finding ourselves in kind of the remote setting, any of the advice that you just gave where you do these things when you present in person, any of that translate to presenting virtually? 
wow, you read my mind. I, I was <laughs> so hoping that you were going to ask that question about the virtual space because I think we're going to be in it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, there are certain things that I've been doing even during our time together and for those who are watching. So for instance, hopefully you feel like I'm talking directly to you and that's intentional because I'm looking directly into my webcam. I see the green light. I know where the green light is. I'm looking directly at that green light so that people can feel like I'm talking directly to them. If you've also noticed, there's been shifting in my vocal variety. Sometimes I'm a little louder, which indicates, oh, I'm excited. I'm energized about that thing. And then other times I bring my volume down a little bit. I'm a little softer because I'm little. I'm a little more intentional about you really hearing the takeaway that I'm giving to you. So there's vocal variety. If you've noticed for the 26 minutes that we've been talking, you have been seeing my teeth for 26 yeah. minutes because I'm exuding that energy so that you can receive that even through the screen, even mm. in a virtual or digital space. And last but not least, if you notice my body language, you can see me doing gestures, but also notice how I've come in sometimes closer to the screen and then I back away from the screen. So it's giving you this diverse experience that still creates a performance for the people who are watching and listening. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. So again, please watch this episode because I'm learning so much just watching you, Dr. Wood, and your interactions with me throughout this conversation. This has been wonderful, Dr. Wood, and I I really appreciate your time today and giving us this great guidance on how we can present well. And that's not just in our professional lives as project managers and, and whatever else you're doing if you're not a PM, but in your everyday lives as well, I think we all want to kind of put our best foot forward. And that is essentially what we do when we present well to just our family or those close to us, or even just friends or anybody that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. So this has been wonderful. I am definitely listening to this multiple times because I have to take all of those nuggets that you've given us and try to infuse it into the way I present at work and in my everyday life as well. So Dr. Wood, is there anything you're working on now that you want to, you know, relay to our audience, anything on presentation skills or or outside of that? Yeah. So I actually just launched uh, a few new opportunities at my SpeakerCon conference, which I just hosted in November. And so it's specifically for people who want to improve on not only their confidence in presenting, but also their delivery, uh, as well as being in control, shifting like nervous energy into confident energy, as well as sometimes people just are unclear about the structure of presenting. Maybe they've been tasked with presenting at a national training program for their company, or maybe they simply need an external look. There's a saying in the speaker world, you cannot be the picture and the frame. And so maybe you simply need someone externally looking in and seeing you present so that they can help you make little tweaks that will allow that presentation to be more unforgettable for the audience. So if you're interested in any of those things, you can certainly message me directly. Uh, I hope it's okay for me to share my email. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Cheryl empowers at gmail.com. And I'm all across social media at Cheryl empowers. I'm always giving free guidance and education and information because my mission is to challenge more women to come to the front of the room and sharing their skills and sharing their expert knowledge and sharing their stories. And that means we do need to master the skill set of effectively communicating whatever our message is. So would love to support you in that way. Stay connected through Cheryl Empowers all across social media. Amazing. That will do it for Dr. Wood and I in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. This has been wonderful. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to share all of this with our audience. I know that they will take so much out of this conversation. And if folks want to find you online, it sounds like you're 
everywhere. So I'll make sure all of those links are available as well. Are you also on the professional network, LinkedIn? I am. Yes. Oh, Cheryl fantastic. Powers. Yes. LinkedIn, Instagram. My website is CherylEmpowers.com. I'm on Facebook. Everywhere. If you just type in Cheryl Empowers, I always like to say I am Googlelicious. You can find me. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. She is available. That's awesome. All right. You can also find me on LinkedIn as well. If you want to continue the conversation with either of us, be sure to support the Everyday PM podcast. We are on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you name it, any podcasting platform we are on. Give us a five-star review while you're there. And you can also watch the video version, which I think I've, this is the third time I've said, please watch this video version because again, this is about presenting well. And I think it's important if you have a moment to watch Dr. Wood walk us through all of this guidance and tips on doing so. So make sure to watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Antampia. While you're there, make sure to subscribe, leave us a great comment and click that bell to get notifications on when new content goes up. So again, that will do it for Dr. Wood and I. And until next time, take care.